Hello and welcome to Level Up and Friends, where those of us from the video game and comic book store Level Up Entertainment gather together some friends and discuss a new topic every week. To close out our month-long spooktacular, uh, we're going to be talking about some horror comics this, this week. Probably what makes them tick and get maybe give you some good recommendations. Uh, I'm your host, Scott, and joining me this week is Greg. Hey, I'm Greg. I'm one of the owners of Level Up Entertainment, who brings you this great podcast. Yes. Uh, I've also got uh, our friends, Paul. Hi, I'm Paul. I am a person who shops at Level Up Entertainment. <laughs> and then we also have our friend, Don. Hey, what's going on? Uh, customer and a fan, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll say, Paul, I know you used to be on a podcast uh, called As Somebody Who Doesn't Read Comics, and then you guys yes. read too many comics, so you stopped doing it. <laughs> you know, it, it got to a certain it. point where, like, yeah, it's, it's a, it becomes a misnomer at that point. It's a whole legal thing, and we didn't want to really get into that. And you know, so. Yeah, I didn't want someone to, to sue you for false advertising. It, exactly. Um, and then, Don, you've been a customer of ours for a while, and I know you've got, like, kind of a standing order for anything <laughs> horror comics related comes out. You, you want to scoop it up. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, it's the genre that I fall into the most. I mean, I still like a good, you know, regular comic, like, you know, Batman, Deadpool, you know, but I mean, horror seems to be my go-to. That's fine. Uh, you know, different genres to different people. So let's, let's start it off a little bit. Like, what do you guys think? I'll ask one of you specifically at a time. So that way not everyone's yelling at once. Um, we'll talk a little bit about what you think maybe makes a good horror comic, because I think there's two things that's very difficult to do well in comic books. That's comedy and horror, just because like the reader controls the pacing so much more than like the the creators do. That like you can get the same book and like, oh, this is really funny, but then someone else kind of like reads it at a different pace. Like, ah, oh, this is lame, you know. But like, what do you guys think makes a successful horror book? I'll start off with you, Greg. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, I think what you said before is is mostly true. Um, you know, people do read it at their own pacing, but I think the sign of a good writer artist team can make, can, you know, kind of cancel it out and make it make so everybody reads it at their same pace or it gets the same type of comedy. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're few and far between sometimes. Um, I mean, a good example, like not that this is um, horror, but like Don brought up Deadpool. Like I think for the most part, the early Deadpool stuff and some of the stuff now is, is done pretty well with comedic timing. Um, I think the writer artist combo, um, I haven't read the, the newest series, but like when Joe Kelly was doing it, with Ed McGinnis, I thought that was pretty pretty good stuff, and they did a good job of that. But yeah, with, with horror, um, you know, what makes a good horror comic is not necessarily the scares, because scares don't, you know, you don't you can't really get scared through the comic. I mean, in my in my opinion, I think it's more about the the theme, not theme, the um, the setting of the comic, and also um, if it gets really more into the um, the mythos of that world they're building whether it's a brand new world like in Nailbiter, who you know, I'll talk about later, which I really enjoy, or stuff that's like Friday the 13th or Freddy vs. Jason when Wildstorm did that. Um, it went more to mythos of the characters, not just them killing, not Freddy just killing a bunch of kids, seeing some blood on the panels, and that's what it was. It actually went more more into the characters and more about the, the villains or the, the protagonist and antagonist. But to me, that's what makes a good horror comic. Sure, what about you, Don? Um, I agree with Greg. Um, you know, a lot of it is with story too. I mean, a, a good story will grip you. I mean, artwork is also a plus, but then you got to go also take into account. I mean, look at the walking dead. Walking dead was done all black and white, except for the new releases that just came out, the deluxe ones, which are in color. Mm -hmm. But, um, to me, I mean, there, there is, you know, most every horror comic does have some kind of comedic, um, tone to it. I mean, just like with uh, the Hatchet comics that's been out lately, and um, they always throw in these little one-liners or just something, something goofy or something in the way. And that's like Greg was mentioning with the um, with Deadpool, like the earlier Deadpool's when, of course, he had to go against Dracula, and there was all those, you know, the little comedic puns that happen. It's just, but me, to me, the thing would be story setting. I like the fact that they, um, some, some actual horror comics actually go by uh, like different folklores, different like um, urban legends that seem to go around throughout the, the world. And um, it's something that keeps you interested. If you can get into the character, if you feel like you're a part of that world, that, you know, like Greg said, not to repeat him, it's just, 
you know, you got to have a, a story that grips you, something that's going to, you know, take you in. And you're like, oh, man, when you get to the end, you're like, OK, when's the next one coming? So. Yeah, I would say that when's the next one coming is probably what you want from any comic book you read. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> um, you know, author does have a lot to do with it, too. I mean, I was actually, you know. I'm not one to follow a lot of artists as I do authors, but to find out that Joe Hill was the son of Ske Stephen King and did the, and is part of Hill House Comics, that just really helped out because the two comics that he actually helped produce, you know, Basketful of Heads and um, the other one, uh, The Plunge, which was really good. I mean, it has that Stephen King-esque to it. So, I mean, it just really, it really grips you. And even in his less horrific stuff, like Lock and Key, you can still get a, a bunch of that Stephen King, like New Englandy vibes from it. Yeah. Um, but Paul, I know you've actually been uh, reading all of the Joe Hill stuff. Um, but I'll ask you that question. Was, uh, we'll save it when we start talking comics more specifically. Uh, we'll, okay. We'll definitely gonna. I was definitely gonna bring those up because uh, I know Greg's also been reading them. I don't think he read all of them though. Okay. Um, but what do you think like makes a good like horror comic? Yeah, uh, I definitely have to say um, the one thing uh, that hasn't already been mentioned that I'll, I'll focus on a little bit is uh, definitely uh, the overall atmosphere of the book. Because like uh, an engaging story is always a, a wonderful component to have because that's what, you know, have you keep coming back. But to actually be involved and like invested in how the characters are, are going to fare in the situations that they get themselves into, having that atmosphere just right now we mentioned um lock and key but i think it's the first volume uh where there's this they actually managed to and it's like one of the only times i i can ever think of this happening which is why i always bring it up is they have one of the characters is talking into uh, to a voice in a well and then you turn the page and then there's just the way the camera has shifted the thing that you think is at the bottom of the well is coming out of the well behind and it's just it's one of those examples of having it at your own pace where you technically you're scaring yourself <laughs> because this has been this whole dialogue back and forth. And you think that the thing in the well is stuck in the well, and then you turn the page and it's there. It's really, it's one of my favorite moments from that, just for that sense of just like shock and dread that comes from it. Um, so yeah, so I risk it rambling. Um, yeah. I really feel that for a, uh, a really, successful horror story being having the setting well established and having that atmosphere around so that you can kind of feel like you're there definitely adds to um, that danger and thrill for the horror comics i would say i know that's always a thing uh, you mentioned walking dead's getting re-released in color now because you know maybe infamously was always black and white mm -hmm. i think color is going to take away a little bit from that i think the the harsh black and white like in the with the heavy inks and stuff i think gave it a real personality and a very distinctive look i um, mean i haven't read the the color version um and you know we've got what like 150 more issues to go so maybe i'll be wrong <laughs> um but i i don't know i think like that and i was also my when, when i think horror art and this also art's also very subjective but i always really like like mike mignola like uh the really heavy inks and shadows mm. I think always go a really long way because like you know if you count hellboy as a horror comic you know um you know if you count that kind of supernatural shenanigans as horror i think they fall under the horror is a big umbrella i think that falls under that like i count ghostbusters as like a horror comedy and that's spawn yeah spawn i put under that as well just you know a horror superhero um yeah those are all things that that i think of when i think horror comics <clears throat> I'm oh, sorry you guys hear barking. That's my mongrels. Yeah, mine's <laughs> mine's poking her head onto the camera here. Uh, <laughs> if I don't keep her petting, she will try to climb on my lap and I'll knock everything over and it'll be a big problem. Uh, <laughs> which may happen if there's an awkward cut. It means it might have happened and she's in my lap now. But, um, <laughs> very, very needy and very much attached to me. And uh, now that I'm home. That's why it makes recording podcasts hard sometimes. Uh, <laughs> She's going to start barking at me to, to give her attention. So now that we established a little bit about what we think makes, you know, a, a good horror comic, let's put it into practice and talk about some of the ones we, we really like and we would like to recommend to people. Uh, so kind of go around the room. We'll each, you know, we'll, we'll each pick one or two. We'll go around till we are tired. 
Um, and then we'll just kind of do like our pitch and just basically sell it to each other. Um, obviously we didn't full disclosure. We didn't talk about these ahead of time. So I'm sure we'll have some overlap. Um, if that happens, you know, we'll just move on to the next thing when it comes back to your turn. Um, and we'll just go into that, but let's start off with, uh, let's start off with Paul. Okay. What's one you would like to talk about? Yeah. Uh, definitely. Uh, the first that I would like to talk of the new ones, since we mentioned, uh, briefly the Hill house comics, um, out of the new uh, slew that they've been doing there, I really, really enjoyed uh, Basketful of Heads. Uh, that was one that when the initial premise was kind of presented, I, wa- I was admittedly a little bit like, okay, I'm not entirely sure where this is going, where anyone whose head basically gets uh, decapitated by this uh, ancient ax uh, is still technically alive and able to uh, communicate. And, when I first, you know, the first hearing the premise of that, I'm like, well, how often is that going to be, you know, where you're running around cutting off people's heads with it? But the book does a great job of setting it as essentially it becomes a, a mystery story where your protagonist is going through and having to uh, defend herself from this big conspiracy going on in a town. And she happens to defend herself with this weapon and then uses the, uh, the heads that she starts to collect to get to the bottom of the mystery and why they're targeting. So the heads that she fills a basket with, right? Yeah. Yep. And that's, and yes. And it's, it's one of those situations where, uh, like you mentioned before, what you, what you see uh, is uh, truth in advertising there where she does end up with a, a basket full of heads. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very, I, I really enjoyed that one. The, uh, the atmosphere in it is, is very good. Uh, there's little twists and turns with it and um, it doesn't go into being gory, which is something that uh, for me personally is a little bit off-putting with horror is when it's just a blood fest. And so for this, even given the nature of what it is, never crosses that line into it being like uh, a mess to look at. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You imagine, you know, with, you know, rampant decapitations being like the basically the main plot point, there'd be like blood everywhere. Yeah. It's like the bodies aren't ambulatory, are they? It's just the heads that are. It's still- just the heads. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, they, I think it's kind of like kind of a because the axe and the, the, the uh, overall element of that, that it's, I don't want to say, it's never quite specified as like magic, but, you know, it's, it's so it's, it's like, yep, up oh, the head's off. And then, you know, you don't, you don't really worry about the, the, the body, which may or may not be a, oozing over there it's yeah. that's not focus so <laughs> yeah that's cool uh i actually wasn't sure what that one's about uh because when the, the the hill house comics were announced i read all the descriptions but like oh my god was that last year when they were like announced yeah just, everything mm-hmm. kind of falls out of my brain at some point because i'm just working with comic books day in and day out there's so many to keep yeah. track of um greg how about you is there one you would like to talk about? Yeah, I mean, the first one I guess I'll talk about is what I brought up earlier, um, Nailbiter from Image Comics. Um, yeah, I know you really like Nailbiter. It's it's covers gross me out, so I don't like to. Re- I don't want to look. <laughs> yeah, at Yeah, the it. covers are a little bit like uh, grody, but I, I dig it. And there's a little more blood in it than uh, you know what Paul's talking about in Basketball of Heads. It, it's it's fairly violent, but it's not like the torture stuff like Hostel would be, or you know uh, some of those other like really grody horror movies. Um, so basically, it's about um, this this town, um, Buckaroo, Oregon, who uh, for some reason keeps keeps producing serial killers. Like all these, like I think it was like eighteen or fifteen, I forget exactly how many. They, for whatever reason, all these serial killers are coming from this town, and it's like a mystery about. And well, one of the biggest ones is, is actually called the nail biter, and it, what he does um, after he, he kills nails. the person. He, he bites their nails, you know, so yeah. it's like a fetish to him or a thing that he can't control. Um, but um, not to get into like the story too much, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody who wants to read it, but it's basically a, a mystery of like wh- why this town does what it does uh, and why does it produce these horrible people or these horrible things who, and they kind of go into where like all these people didn't grow up as like, you know, nobody grows up as a serial killer, but it kind of shows like, you know, all these people and why and then you know kind of comes full circle with everything and um if you do find out you know the reasoning behind it which i really didn't think um it was going to do um but it did it did a good job of wrapping itself up and the cool thing is 
uh, a sequel series called Nail by Returns just started about six or seven months ago. I haven't got a chance to read it yet. So I'm not exactly sure what this story, that next story is about. But the first one was, a, it was, it ran for like six, six volumes. So it's like 36 issues or so. Um, so it's not like, doesn't overstay its welcome, which, you know, like a lot of superior comics do. Horror comics is like one good thing. I'll say they don't really overstay their welcome for the most part. It kind of does their story and moves on. Um, but I would highly recommend Nailbiter. I thought it did, did a really good job of um, the pacing of the book. There, there was really no slow areas where it's like, okay, let's keep moving. Like, again, it's like it was grinding its gears, like kind of spinning its w- to make it go longer. It's like, okay, he had a story to tell, he told it, and now it's over, um, which I really enjoyed about that part of it. It didn't seem like there was any like, like Dragon Ball Z powering up thing or, you know, yeah. just mindless exposition about you know, whatever, it, it kind of made its point and finished it up. Well, it seemed like it, it so it had a story to tell and then it just, it told that story. Um, I should also, yep. We should also yeah. probably mention that's an Image comic, right? Yes. Yeah, Image comic yeah, yeah. by Joshua Williamson, who uh, who is actually writing, uh, he, he just finished his writing up on Flash from DC. He's done other, a lot of other books too, which I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, he's done a bunch of horror stuff <clears> too, so. Yeah, I know he was on that Flash for a long time. Um, and the the Hill House yeah. books are are published by DC Comics. Uh, probably should you know we're a comic book store. We should probably mention how like easy ways to find them. <clears throat> we we have we have at the Level Up Entertainment and Hamilton Mall. We we do have both of those, <laughs> and you can buy it on our web store shoplevelup.com. That's right. Um, That's right. Uh, all right. So Don, how about you? What's one you would like to bring up for uh, the fine folks at home? Well, there's so many, but one of my favorites out of the Hill House comics would be The Low, Low Woods uh, by Carmen Machado is that it kind of has like a little bit because it's it's set in the 90s and it's about two two best friends that wake up in a movie theater. I mean, I'm not spoiling anything because it's first basically page and they have no memory of what happened the past few, past few hours and then come to find out it's what it's all about it's about them trying to solve the mystery of why people's um memories are being eaten away and it's not everybody it's just certain people and the thing that i thought was kind of cool about it is it kind of reminds me a little bit of like uh a Silent Hill type setting because mm-hmm. not only is cuz just like with Silent Hill it was set in PA during in a mining town but the mining town itself, there's a big fire underneath that won't go out. So just like with Silent Hill, you have all these, all this stuff going on. But I mean, you don't have no transdimensional stuff like with Silent Hill, but just the feel, the atmosphere, it gives you that kind of vibe. But these girls, they have to work together. Um, L and Octavia, they call her V they they're that's the whole premise that's the whole thing it's about them finding out what is causing this and what you know what's going on gotcha say uh because i think all three of you now have have read at least most of the hill house books is there like a unifying like thread or theme from them not that i'm aware of i don't think so they're they're all pretty much written like joe hill does you know the the one book or two books and there's the backup so and i think he curated it like he helped like how i think he helped the writers like flesh out the stories but there's no from what i'm aware there's no like tying like oh look it's the shared universe type thing. oh yeah no, i didn't mean shared universe but they're all like because you know i'm not to compare him to stephen king which is why like i'm just saying i'm sure he changes oh, no, like you know I'm there's saying. like a like they've got kind of like a similar like style like his no they all they're all they all feel very different which okay. is good just because then maybe there's like something that might be for everybody there then yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah there's like yeah there's like older horror, like more of a Victorian era, like yes, definitely burned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. And well, then say, if you guys want, let's just go through on the list of them and just knock them out of the way. Let's uh, let's talk about yeah. Daphne Byrne then. Okay. I haven't read any of these, so I'm gonna need somebody to jump in and explain them. <laughs> uh, Paul, you want to do that one since you seem to be pretty good. Sure. Yeah, I, I, was like, I, I can give I can give it a shot here with that. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, in order to keep this. Um, you know, again, vague, uh, but essentially <laughs> Daphne Byrne, uh, this is our much more, um, if you like the older, more Victorian, uh, almost Gothic horror-esque kind of look to things, uh, where Daphne Byrne is living uh, with her uh, mother and uh, essentially like a nanny caretaker. Uh, and they were a previously well-to-do family, but after the passing of her father, 
they're starting to kind of, their social status is slipping. And Daphne is very obsessed like um, with the things her father told her and is focused on um, trying to, you know, wanting to keep him in her, uh, in her life. And in doing so, she gets, she meets with this almost otherworldly presence that speaks to her in dreams. And she starts seeing these uh, visions of like flesh, essentially like, like people like for like, as like creepy monsters with flesh peeling off of them. And it's this, yeah, so it's a, without going too much into it, she starts to work with this other presence in order to try and help her family's situation and to protect, uh, basically to protect them uh, as her mother and others get into little trouble. So it's like a lot of like body horror in it. It's it's not quite body not horror. Really right. It's yeah, it's not. I'm, yeah, if I yeah, it's it's not quite body horror so much as there is some definite. Um, it definitely has a strong uh, look to it, in which there is a, a definite. I guess decay would be the best way to kind of is there, there's a lot of more skeletal and um, husk kind of looking things. Um, the uh, I, will, I will say. I thought the art in this one was uh, very interesting, though, because it put a lot of focus in um, a lot of focus more on the characters, the backgrounds. There was a lot of times, especially when you're dealing with the uh, other presence, was a little bit less uh, detailed, uh, especially like her dreams, which was kind of an interesting take to it. But yes, I don't know if you guys had anything you to add on that, or if that was a. I, 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 I to be honest, I haven't finished all of them, but um, that's a pretty good. I think a pretty good uh, description okay. without getting into the nitty-gritty of it we'll say that reminds me a little bit of like something from like the scp universe so i'm kind of interested in that one um deals in with the occult and everything a little bit uh the supernatural yeah it's more more i where my tastes kind of lie uh greg was there another one that you read that you haven't uh we haven't haven't finished i I haven't finished this one yet, but I can give you a synopsis of the dollhouse family. Um, Give us the pitch on it. The pitch is basically there's this family who there's this dollhouse and there's this family, whether they live in the dollhouse per se or or if it's a different universe or whatever, they, there's these entities that live in this dollhouse and they've been living this dollhouse and this one, the, the main character, you know, growing up with this and going back and there's this malevolent, entity inside of it who's trying to bring her back in for certain reasons um throughout her whole life and then she other people go like this entity really wants this this the main character not like other people because there's other people who kind of want to go in and the entity's like nah i'm good and just kind of kills him or does makes him crazy or whatever else is 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 the elevator pitch i think that's pretty close to what you know i i'm I'm about halfway through it three quarters way through it i forget exactly where i'm at but um it's definitely like it's it's another classical style horror trope with like the dollhouse and the haunted house and that kind of stuff but it, it does have a lot of super like more more supernatural a little more to it than just the standard oh haunted haunted dollhouse type thing sure let's see how many more do we have that left to cover from them i lost track there's the plunge which i didn't read and mm. there's the sea dogs which is in the back yeah and there's another one or forget uh there was uh what was the last one that was plunge daphne burn dollhouse found uh we mentioned basket full of heads. Um, yeah, yeah. I think just sea dogs and plunge, right? The two water fun. ones. Yeah, I think that's it. No, I think that's yeah. it. Sorry, yeah. Don, you want to take the lead on those guys? Um, yeah, I one that I like with Greg, I didn't finish reading, but one that I really got involved in was the other one that Joe Hill did was the plunge. Mm-hmm. Um the short uh quick synopsis, uh tsunami happens, and after the uh, tsunami happens, they get a distress this uh like rescue barge gets a distress signal from a ship that apparently uh, in uh, that disappeared over 40 years ago and they go to investigate it and, you know, things happen. And the way this reads without giving anything away is um, if you guys remember the movie event horizon, which was a good sci-fi horror where, yes, where, um, you know, they get a distress signal from a ship that disappeared 40 years later they go, or not 40 years, but seven years later, they come back and all this stuff's going on. Or even Ghost Ship, where, you know, they find this ship in a Bering Strait. 
and it, it's got the same feel. It's um, not overly gory. I mean, there is some blood, there is some stuff that goes on, but it's not like, uh, for lack of better words, like uh, that horror porn, like Saul and Hostel and everything like you guys said. Yeah. But um, if you want to, it's, you want something that's like more of a mystery that's it's actually pretty decent but at a horror level yeah and then the the last one they did was sea dogs which was distributed rather uniquely it's like what was it two pages per issue but it was like a yes. backup story yeah. in every single one of these hill house books that we've discussed um so it's going to be coming out in trade as its own thing but so you basically had, basically if you bought all of them you got like a free bonus story um but like, you know, that one sounded kind of interesting. Isn't it something like, um, I remember it was kind of Cthulhu mythos-esque, if I remember correctly. Um, it's basically werewolves who won the, the Civil War? No. Um, during the like um, Revolution. Revolutionary War, during the British invasion and everything. It takes place in uh, 1779, I think. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's like werewolves and they're like, they're these, they use, they use them for a mission and... You know, I, as far as I'm into it, like really nothing's happened yet except they're on the ship. One of the werewolves killed somebody else. And that's kind of where I'm at, so I can't really explain the rest of it. <laughs> it's a little like the movie Dog Soldiers. Yeah, great movie. I saw that once when I was working at Blockbuster, and it was someone's last day, so we're like, let's put on R-rated movies. So I saw it, but I didn't like sit down and pay attention to it. Um, uh, it's one of the things like I was like, this seems cool. I kind of want to go back and like watch it and enjoy it, but. Because it's different when you're like at work and blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that sounds cool. So that's the Joe Hill, Joe, the 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 Hill House books. Not necessarily all from Joe Hill, but like you said, he's kind of the guy that was in charge of that imprint. Kind of like how Gerard Way also is for DC for Young Animals. Um, but let's move away from uh, from that world a little bit. Don, what's one you can give us? Um. I actually have been a big fan of De uh, like the Army of Darkness, Death the Army of Darkness. Mm -hmm. um, anything to do with, uh, you know, Ash Williams fighting the Deadites and just the comedic puns that are in it are just great. It's really well written. It's kind of like just an extension of uh, the, you know, Evil Dead universe and Army of Darkness. I mean, mm -hmm. it stays away from the gore, but it still has the horror feel. Um, you know, the, you know, it's just typical, you know, Ash Williams. And if you're a fan of the show and the movies, then I, I suggest it. It's a good read. Yeah, the show's really good. I finally got around to watching it last year. The show is great. Uh, it's yeah. hysterical. <laughs> um, it's funny. I know Ash kind of gets around a little bit in the comics, but like, it's weird how the, like, without getting derailing too much in the nitty gritty, but like the license for Army of Darkness and Evil Dead are two different things, even though it's got the same character in it. Um, which is why, like, in the first season of Ash vs. the Evil Dead, they don't reference Army of Darkness at all, and then later, because it's a hit, they were able to, like, I think Paramount was like, oh, now we can make this movie a part of it as well. Um, but because of that, like, you know, he shows up in other things, like, there was a Marvel Zombies versus Army of Darkness, which was a lot of fun. I really liked that one. Um, and then there was a Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, which was, like, a thing that's been in a movie that was in development hell for forever. Um, they eventually made it in comic book form. Basically, like, uh, Ash kind of gets involved with, like, a survivor's support group from the Friday 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street series. Um, it's been a long time since I read it. I do know it winds up in Washington. Um, but, yeah, basically, like, he teams up with their, their other survivors to beat Freddy and Jason at the same time. Um, but that one was a lot of fun. I don't think that one can be in print just because the licensing, uh, again... So it's been like the better part of 20 years since that came out. I think that was the early 2000s. Um, yeah. It's been but, a while. But Marvel Zombies versus Army of Darkness was in print for a while. It might still be available. Um, but I guess with it, that, one of my... It, a... Yeah. What's that? Yeah. I was going to say, well, no, I, I was going to recommend then, you know, the Marvel Zombies series, which just came back with a reboot, uh, Marvel Zombies Resurrection. Um, yep. So it's spun yep. out of uh, a pretty... <laughs> stupid <laughs> ultimate fantastic four story where they're finally teasing over like they were going to cross over with the fantastic four making you think it was going to be the normal ones um but then it turns out it was like some evil zombie versions of them and like their whole world the zombie plague hits the superheroes 
and because they're superheroes, like they just eat everybody because like normal people can't stand up to them. So they still keep their personalities and uh, superpowers. So like the Hulk, like is a giant hulking like monster and just eats everything. Like um, a Resident but, Evil. Yeah, but like <laughs> so the story picks up like in the beginning of it was just you know Marvel Zombies in one because they did it like like little different miniseries. Um, at the end of that, like Magneto's kind of like the last savior of humanity. Um, and then I, you know, for the irony. Um, so the last surviving, like the last, the main like uh, zombies, like what Captain America, Spider Man, Hulk, Iron Man, Giant Man, Wolverine. I think that's it. Um, they kind of then defeat Magneto and like, well, now there's nothing left to do. Like they've eaten everyone on the planet. So, so it's just kind of them all sitting around and like trying to science their way out of things. Uh, it turns out in this universe, Galactus has never shown up. No one's ever left the planet. So Galactus shows up and then it's like, oh, now we've got this dude to eat. But, you know, so oh, I'm sorry. Silver Surfer shows up first and it's like they can't like bite him because he's this like silver space alien. I don't know. It's worth seeing like the characters in it are very, very evil. Uh, so it's a fun twist but like they still have like their personality that they had like, that makes any then sense they had that uh spinoff with uh deadpool versus the marvel zombie universe and oh, yeah, during uh, uh secret wars right yes and yeah. uh he was like the only one that was immune to everything which was kind of cool i say i don't think they ever showed because there's been there was like five maybe six marvel zombie series uh over the time i don't remember deadpool ever showing up in them i know that deadpool had a zombie head called headpool uh no yeah i guess that's where he came from the marvel zombies so there was a zombie deadpool but i know there was yeah. like deadpool team up he was like one of the deadpools that uh he'd be with yeah because like they all jumped him, they ate him, uh and he just healed himself and they were like why didn't he turn and you know of course deadpool has his slick sayings and it just goes on from there and yeah. he's trying to help save humanity but yeah um but yeah no yeah. Those, those uh, so, i mean surprisingly good i i enjoyed them a lot as a quick thing, if, if you're a DC fan, they just recently did the Deceased, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of kind of like Marvel Zombies, but with the DC characters. Uh, long story short, uh, basically, the anti-life equation goes horribly wrong, and it makes, the, makes this like this or, techno-organic... Yeah, because it doesn't to, like to borrow cyborg... a, a term from Cable. It's like yeah. a techno-organic virus that makes these, the, the, the DC universe into zombies. And they just like you know they want to eat people like zombies do. Yeah, because um, isn't it like a, like Cyborg gets the equation in his like computer brain, and like it makes him go insane. And, yes. like he uploads it to the internet, and then anyone that like yeah, so, so it, they destroy yeah. the whole internet. Yeah, and then there's some, there's some surviving heroes, and then there's been a couple sequels after the yeah. Original. As right now, the current ones uh, uh, as a quick planet. aside. Yeah, yeah, that one's similar yeah. to that. I haven't read that yet. Um, it's good, but if you like DC more than Marvel, that's a good one to jump on. If you're looking yeah, for like, you get to see. I think Batman's kind of one of the first main guys that succumbs to it, right? Yep. Yeah. Spoilers. No, so he's it's on the cover of issue. He's one, on the so. cover of issue one. <laughs> so. Then, then again, sometimes covers don't necessarily are indicative of what's going to be in the book. Sometimes. Well, that one was so. That one was yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so those are some good ones. Um, so oh, yeah, I got one in there too. Um, Paul, how about you? Is there another one you'd like to discuss? Yeah, I was going to say, and I know this might be cheating a little bit, but uh, I was pleasantly surprised when it happened. Um, one of the things that got me into all of these, uh, the comics, is I was a big fan of uh, Joe Hill's, um, his books like Horns and Nosferatu, um, which absolutely wonderful uh, plugs there. But uh, going back to Lock and Key, they're doing a, uh, I guess it's a, a mini series of it from uh, IDW where it's set as um, events that happened before the events of Lock and Key, but from uh, earlier um, ancestors of the group that we follow in more of the, um, the present day of the main series. So it's essentially all of the key-based shenanigans of uh, Lock and Key, but set where one of the Lock family is trying to get involved uh, in World War I. Mm -hmm. So it's bringing all of that into how that would have, uh, how that impacts uh, the uh, the way that the war goes. Uh, there's been uh, two issues that I've read so far of it uh, and I've really been enjoying it. I was a little bit 
nervous because I love lock and key. So when they were adding extra stuff to it, I'm always a little hesitant when, you know, you yeah, open I, it. I get the same way. Like, Oh, it's done. Don't. Yeah. It's, so, it's good. Leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. please. Yeah, please. Cause the, 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 the win loss ratio of when that, you know, when you decide to open up that, that story again is, you know, a little shaky. Well, um, preview for a podcast in a couple of weeks. They tried it twice with Star Wars, and I think it failed both times. <laughs> um, but that's but, uh, that's for us for the future a future discussion. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so but so far because it's it's you know none of the same characters. This is more of just a set in the same universe kind of thing. So yeah. well, because they they establish in lock and key proper that they have that one. The one key that lets you like see events from the past, but you can't influence them, but you get to you get to witness them. Yes, I, I think yeah. that's what they're doing with this. So it's still like the main kids are just kind of seeing this, right? Uh, it wasn't set up like that in a framing device, but it very well could uh, end up being. Oh, that. I just, I thought I just assumed when I heard the premise, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. You can just watch anything from the past. Yeah, and um, like I said, it, it may end up where that ends up being how this ties in a little bit more, um, but. As it currently stands, it's been a uh, kind of a standalone story of like that particular generation living in the Locke family house. And we'll see we'll see how that ends up, uh, you know, if they do any like kind of Easter egg tie ins towards the end. But so far, um, I, I've, I've really been enjoying it. And having finished, like I said, I only finished two issues so far. But by the second issue, I was going like, OK, cool. We're not trying to untie previous yeah. strands and everything i think as of this recording there's only two issues that have come out mm-hmm. i think it was one of the books that got delayed from covid um every book got delayed from covid yeah well one of the <laughs> books i mean yes everyone did <laughs> but it's one of the ones like some books got back quicker than others you know what i mean yeah. um yeah. <clears throat> but yeah um who else has got one who hasn't done i, I got a couple all right. Oh, I, think all, I think we all do, huh, Greg? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I got a couple why don't, more. Why don't you hit us up real quick then? <laughs> all right. Well, f- first, I'm going to do a. Uh, first, I'm just going to quickly go over. Um, it's not exactly horror per se, but it's, it does a good job of, like, it's basically a story about, like, well, I guess I'll show you the title of the book first. Yeah, it's, please. Yeah. Martian Manhunter <laughs> from DC. Um, okay. It has a lot of horror tones to it. Um, basically, it, it, it's this uh marsh like the marshman does something you know really bad back on mars it kind of follows on the earth this character sharon is basically like this basically they want to think of like a thought zombie type of or a thought vampire and like he's just trying you know he's doing bad things to, to people to make them do bad things um so it's, it's kind of horror-ish um but not exactly hard but i just wanted to bring that up one real quick the one i did want to talk about a little more issues too but i can wait for it next time around the first one I guess I'll do is the spread from Image. Um, mm-hmm. It's very similar to The Walking Dead, except that in this, it's like this thing that takes over somebody's body. It's like body horror type thing. So it takes, it's like this disease that takes, that takes over these, takes over people and kind of consumes them. And it's like a, a sentient thing. Um, the main character uh, basically gets thrown into this because like he's, He's like a loner, like a Wolverine type of character, but he finds this woman with this baby, and apparently the baby cannot become infected. So the the blood, you know, like a kind of a, a trope, but the baby's blood can save the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and but like it goes this whole thing. It's a lot of it's definitely body hard. It's definitely a little more gruesome looking, um, but it, but the visuals are really neat looking because it's just like you see all these the, the artists. I forget off the top of my head who it is. Uh, but like really makes cool monsters and make these cool like body horror, like body contortion with, with the big villains and the bad guys in the book when they take over somebody's body. It's really cool looking. Um, but, and it's another book that went on for, you know, just enough where it's like a taught story and was done. Again, another co- image comic. I think Image probably does some of the best horror comics recently. There's other companies who like do that, but I think Image does a really good job of horror right now. Um, I, th- I think so Dark I really Horse has a, has a pretty good history. Dark Horse does, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Dark Horse doesn't. There's some companies that much now, but I mean, Dark Horse up until very right now. I say, well, Dark Horse up until very recently was doing all the Alien books. Uh, Now that now Marvel now that now that Disney owns more things, they own Fox, (laughs) which owns which is where Aliens were from, and that stuff's going over to Marvel. We just you know announced all that stuff. Yeah. Um, Well, actually, the newer the Alien Three one, which is the screenplay, the one where they um, redid 
the Alien 3. It was the screenplay for Alien 3 that never came to light. Um, they produced it in the comic and the new, uh, the other Alien one, which was done by Dan O'Bannon, the original creator yeah. of Alien. They were they were done by Dark Horse Marvel. I don't think had. Oh anything. yeah, th- I think those those were already in the works. Like this Marvel yeah. thing just kind of been revealed. Um, yeah. So yeah, oh yeah, I just realized Marvel because of Disney, Marvel keeps getting all of Dark Horse's big license things. They lost Star Wars. They had that for forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, now Marvel does the Star Wars books. Um, but anyway, we're getting off topic there. <laughs> um, unless John, did you want to talk about the Alien comics? Yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, if you're a fan of the sci-fi horror, I mean, there's nothing better than a creature that is basically everybody's worst nightmare. I mean, it can live in any atmosphere. I mean, the way it infects you is pretty disturbing. Um, but there's so many, like, side issues that, you know, that, like, like, for instance, I'll give you, for instance, I mean, they morph so many comics in with aliens, just like with the Predator, like there's Aliens versus Vampirella, which was really good. Aliens versus Wildcats. There's all these different. Oh, yeah. They get around in the combo. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah. I, I, yeah, they're like the, you know, you, you know, they're like the, uh, <laughs> I won't even go there, but. Um... <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, but like versus aliens is like, or and same thing with Predator. I think aliens get around more. Um, but usually like usually they wind up going together to like aliens versus predator versus batman superman like stuff. <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's there's things like that all the time like um but the I, original like, oh, sorry go ahead Scott. Yeah, i will say i'm sort of not excited from the be at marvel just because marvel's got the brood which are very clearly just aliens yeah <laughs> it's like what's the point <laughs> so maybe we'll get um, alien versus brood and then i don't know yeah. how about alien versus brew there you the go. character Brew, he's he's awesome. Who's Brew? Oh, you should read about him. He was uh, introducing Wolverine and the X Men, but that's another topic again. Oh, the, the one the one that's a mutant brood who's like a good guy. Yeah, I forgot. He's really I forgot smart. I thought you were saying he should fight Groot. I'm like, well, I'm sure that they will because you can kill Groot's one of the ones you can kill and he can just come back. Yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna have the Xenomorph force burst through Iron Man's suit. That'd be cool though. <laughs> yeah, it'd be cover. interesting. <laughs> um, but uh. But yeah, so I know they've been doing like a lot of the original screenplays, adapting them and in, into stuff. I know Alien Three is one of the ones that like everyone hates the movie. Um, well, well, the comic a, was great. Yeah, so I'll, I'll at least say that movie's controversial because I think was it Alien Four is the one that's really bad, right? Oh yeah, that yeah, was. Yeah. I, yeah. I'll say Alien Three. I think is a little more more controversial. I know it's not as beloved as the first two are. Um, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll just say it diplomatically enough like that. It's been a long time, it's been a long time <laughs> since I watched it, so I don't want to. Because I've watched. They're it, not classics like, like one and two. Yeah, if I watch it now, I might be like, "Oh, I kind of like that," but three wasn't that bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. But then when they hit Resurrection, I'm like, well, I think, yeah, I think because everyone loves Aliens, and Aliens is like the action version, and for lack of a better term, it's a little bit more fun. And then Alien Three is really depressing. Um, as as like things, people just had like whiplash. And I, th- I think it's gotten a, I think it's gotten a lot more attention over the years. But Alien Four is the one that's like terrible. Yeah. Uh, well, I know in uh, one of the comics, I know because they they go on like uh, there's one called Dead Orbit, and then there's another yeah, one. Yeah. I'm drawing a uh, blank here, but they all run together, and it takes place like right after um, the Salako missions, and because they're going to investigate. And in the comics, um, I forget which one it was, they actually go back to Alien 3 talking about how it was all really just a dream. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're trying to do with, um, that's what they said they were trying to do with the next movie. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you guys read Walking Dead? Figure That might be like the elephant in the room. Yeah. 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 I read it. I read the first couple of trades back before it became real popular, and I was like, this is okay. Um, I don't know. I, I guess it's better than I thought it was going to be because it lasted so long. Well, yeah, I, I, that's like kind of talking back. Like, he really does a real, he takes the zombie genre and kind of really does a, he doesn't change anything, but he makes it interesting and makes these characters, you, like, this, this is one of the books where, I cared for these characters, and when one of them died, I felt bad. 
like yeah. even yeah. like the bad characters like like i remember i'm not going to say which what happened because i don't want to spoil for anybody who hasn't read it yet but if people read it will will know um it was like a 30 40 issues in maybe uh part of the prison when that whole thing happened and when they were escaping that thing happened and that i had to stop reading for like a week because that scene took me back like i can't believe they did that yeah and that's the one thing and like i couldn't like i felt so emotionally drained and that's one of the comics i would say like is really not it wasn't hard but it was just like i couldn't keep reading because i was so emotionally drained from that scene and for what happened i was like I got to stop for a minute and you I'll know, talk about it off. If you, yeah. If you know, I actually, but. I had actually had a very similar experience to that, uh, playing the first season of the telltale game. Oh God. Like, yes. Like yeah. I made a decision and I was like, I can't believe I just did that. And I had to put it down. I walked away. I was, Cause I was trying to play him as myself. So I could quickly make the decisions I would make. This is a whole other, <laughs> yeah. this whole other conversation, but that's why yeah. the other ones didn't do as well. Cause the first one I played as me and yeah. what I would do. Where the other ones I played as that character, and the, yeah. the first one, I'm not afraid to say it, I cried at the end. I was tearing. Oh, I was, I was a wreck at the end of it. I'll, I, after I was done, I was like, "That was amazing. I will never replay it." No, <laughs> um, that's that's another that's another. He's not here in the next But I all right. So <laughs> I only read up until they got to the prison because uh, my buddy, my buddy Kendall was buying the trades at the time, so I was just kind of reading them when he got them, and then he stopped getting them. I was just like, "Well, I don't feel like continuing." Um, but I was a big fan of Robert Kirkman because I loved his Invincible that was going on at the mm-hmm. time. Um, but it was just one of those things where I was like, all right, I get it. There's going to be zombies and people just kind of going. I will say that I prefer, from what I've read of the cart- uh, the comic, I very much prefer it to the TV show. Because um, in the comic, I think its biggest strength is uh, nobody is safe at any given moment. Like, But the show, like, people continue to live because they have to fire somebody. And it's just like I don't know, <laughs> they get into like the the melodrama of it a little too much in the show, whereas in the comic, I think they there is stuff like that. Like there's character interactions. Like you wouldn't have had that feeling if you didn't care about those characters. Um, but obviously, I never read. I never got anywhere near Negan, which is like the breakout character everyone loves. Um, yeah. who's still running around because he gets you know one shot every once in a while. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I found the one thing that uh, speaking about like the the ending of the the prison and um, the events that happened there uh, made me, when watching the show, feel like a terrible person because I kept wondering like, oh, how are they going to do that? Yeah, how yeah. are they going? Yeah. Is it happening now? And I kept I, I wasn't like rooting for it, but I kept waiting like, oh, this scenario could be. Oh no! Oh, you, you remind me <laughs> of those of us that like knew about the red wedding when the game was oh yeah <laughs> just kind of waiting for it to see what people's reaction is going to be because yeah granted i didn't read the book but i know exactly what moment you guys are talking about and yeah i was thinking the same thing even not watching the show i was like oh, are they gonna have the balls to do that yeah on television <laughs> like i don't think they did uh if i remember correctly because i was kind of really just waiting for the social media to explode um, yeah, well, that was like one of the scenes that for pe- fans of the comics and even people that never read the comics that loved the show, that was one of the scenes that really, like Greg said, was emotional to everybody to where mm-hmm. that's all everybody talked about until the season started again. That was like the first thing as soon as you brought up The Walking Dead that everybody wanted to talk about. Yeah. So, yeah, it was one of those, uh, even the series itself was not immune to just randomly dying unexpectedly. <laughs> Because we didn't know that the last issue of it was going to be the last issue until it came yeah. out. Yeah, that was a total surprise. We would have, yeah. we would have ordered more of them because uh, we sold out pretty quick. Like, literally, it, all Image <laughs> yeah. said was, "Order big. This is going to be a big. Something big is going to happen. Order, order more than you usually do." But that's, that's comic book speaking. Order. Like everything, whenever something they want you to buy happens. Yeah. So, so it's really easy to ignore. And I, I. I did a little more, but I, I definitely should have. I could have done a lot more. Yeah. Um. But that that was. I don't want to say that was a fun surprise, but like that's not something that you because we have to, you know, we order comics two months in advance before they get to shelves. Like, so we kind of know where a lot of things are going. You know? I mean, it, it says yeah. that it takes a lot of balls to do that because that comic was the best selling image comic for image. Like, yeah. it's best sold better than most other Marvel. Yeah, they, DC they really books. committed. So like, oh, we're done. They committed like, to it because they solicited issues after that. They did. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's not, I didn't, no one, none of us thought that was going to happen. I had and, so many customers call me up yeah. and go, oh, so when's 
one's issue 184 they solicited it. I'm like no that that was all fake that was that was all yeah. fake 183 is the last one like no so i'm like no i'm, I'm telling you it's- yeah it's i want to take your money i believe me yeah well <laughs> uh, uh, so without going to spoilers do you think it had do you were you satisfied with the conclusion yeah yes okay yeah i was because that's it went almost 200 issues that's a long time like, I, I didn't want it to end, but um, but it, it ended in a way where I was satisfied. Okay. Just wanted to give people that in case you decide to read it. There's, oh, it's like, what, 33 volumes? A lot. Yeah. It, uh, unless you buy the compendium, then it's it, just four. Yeah, that's yeah. four. <laughs> the compendiums are your best deal. Like, we figured it, we broke it down, like, price per book, like, per issue in it. Like, it's but definitely a deal. But yeah. you pay a lot more up front. Yeah. Because I think they're like what sixty bucks a pop. I should mm-hmm. have offhand, but um, yeah, it's just like carrying four encyclopedias. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of comics. It's what, yeah, like like I said, almost two hundred. Yeah, because uh, yeah, they also ended it on just a random weird number. Like you yeah, one ninety three. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, not go all the way, you know, to the next. Uh, anyway, I guess you know Robert Kirkman was like, "I'm done with this. Let me end it." Yeah. And more power to him. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the guys in charge of Image now because that book was so huge. Yep. Um, so uh, that's why I kind of figured we should do it. And I guess are you guys gonna gonna get all of the issues again in color this time. Oh, nope. I am. Yeah, I, I can't. I I got to. I mean, I'm a fan. Yeah. I, I, it's, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I if I even if I would like that, I was like, I don't know if I can buy that many comics again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how color affects it. I mean, granted, it's one issue. Uh, that's been out so far as of this recording. Um, but like I said, I, I like the black and white. I think it makes it mm. more moody and bleak. Um, and if I want to get artsy-fartsy, like, oh, their world has become more black and white now. It's survival or don't. Uh, <laughs> if you want to look at it that way. I mean, I also huge Ninja Turtles fan. Their classic comics were black and white, but that was just because like, it was more expensive to print in color. Um, um, but yeah, I figure we, we, yeah, we all... I even, I even I would recommend Walking Dead, even though I didn't read a lot yeah. of it. Um, if that seems like something you have a mild interest in, uh, go for it. There's a reason it went over 15 years. You know, like that's insane for a, a creator owned. Like it, like it's image. You know, we we stretch independent a little bit, but like something that's not super. Like it's not Marvel and DC. Like that's takes. Like usually things like that don't go on that long. It's rare. I mean, guess image really has them. The only other ones are Savage Dragon and um, uh, Spawn. Spawn. Yeah. yeah, awesome image. Yeah, Spawn's what three hundred and something now. <laughs> Spawn's uh, this week's going to be three eleven. Yeah, so time you listen, wow. three eleven had just come out because it has the Chadwick Boseman cover. Um, which if we still have some available at this point, uh, we are uh, donating the proceeds to our local uh, Big Brother Big Sisters chapter. Um, so this goes up on Friday. It'll have come out on Wednesday. Maybe we'll still have some. We did order a lot, but. This book's getting a lot of people want it. Um, yeah. Time. So we'll see. Um, which, you know, Spawn's kind of a horror character. Uh, yeah. Related. You know, <laughs> a, a character that comes from hell. So, you know, there's nothing scarier than that, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but let me give let me give some of my uh, my series recommendations because I, I, I have a couple. Um, so this is going to show, like, more than my style. I, I love the old vertigo horror books a lot um specifically sandman which started as a horror comic but more turned into dark fantasy but like that if you get the first trade paperback like oh my god the diner issue oh like is so like oh it's so freaky like i remember reading that when i was younger i was like oh my god like it i don't want to get into spoilers on it but it's really good also really love the i think they call it saga of the swamp thing now uh the alan moore swamp thing run I thought was like legitimately really atmospheric. I thought a lot of the monster stuff in it was really cool. Like there's a part with like this, it, it's a play, it's a twist on a mermaid. So it's like this like old bloated hag that's always pregnant is like in this lake and it gives birth to monsters and it's really gross and like I don't know, you feel really sick. Uh, it's it's sounds like something from The Witcher. <laughs> yeah, that's they seem. I don't know. I recommend. I highly recommend both of them. Uh, and I recommend Sandman to, to anybody, basically. I mean, it's definitely for adults. It's not for kids. But I, it, like I said, it gets more into dark horror. Again, yeah, he takes over hell for part of it. So you can get to that a little bit. That, but, you know, it's also they're also in the DC universe. So sometimes you get to see a familiar face. Like, for example, Constantine comes from this, that, that run of Swamp thing. 
Um, they keep trying to make him into a, like a star. Um, but yeah, uh, who else has got one? Uh, I know we kind of touched on it uh, briefly, but it's a it's definitely a different kind of horror than we've been discussing. And uh, from the uh, the Hill House run, which is again where I'm going to draw most of mine from. Uh, but uh, I really wanted. Uh, I know you guys haven't finished yet, but the the, the plunge is very good that's like the most i want to say uh stephen king-esque kind of horror with it there's with a a nice little touch of like the supernatural kind of um cosmic horror elements with it too um and i know uh, we talked about it briefly already but just uh it fills a lot of the basic like you know adventure tropes uh the different characters going in and uh, trying to essentially uncover what happened. And for me, those are like some of my favorite kind of uh, horror, like the, the, the mysteries where your, uh, your characters get kind of like thrown into the middle and you're trying to figure it out. Kind of like, um, I guess in, in movie terms, you got like the, the, the thing, right? Uh, uh, you got, yeah. yeah. Like it is where, where like you're, you end up, your characters go there, they run into something they were not prepared for. And then next thing you know, they're trying to survive it. Like, it's got that kind of same kind of element of horror with it. Um, and like I said before, coming off of uh, like Nosferatu and uh, Horn's Heart-Shaped Box, those kinds of stories. Uh, what I like about uh, The Plunge in particular is that it gives you just enough information as it goes without spoiling the unknown uh, as I think that's gonna be the best way I can describe it is yeah for for me horror so many times I love like the first two thirds of horror movies or the first two thirds of uh, things like that but then once you know everything it kind of loses some of the oomph and I feel like the plunge strides it, it straddles that line pretty nicely where you have that group of people stuck in a situation where they're trying to figure out what they need to do to survive and as you learn more, there's still more questions to be answered. So that would definitely be, of, of the Hill House line, definitely one of the uh, the top ones there. Yeah, I, I would say like that kind of touches on what I think makes some horror stuff stronger than others is like mm-hmm. having very specific kind of like, not necessarily rules, but like here's this situation and here's how it works. And then like, how do you work against it? Yeah. Um, we touched on a little bit in the Friday 13th discussion we did where sometimes like, let's kind of make it up as you go. That to me is way less interesting. Like it, like Jason's a different character, like every movie. Um, mm. And like Freddie, like he has those rules, but because it, you can kind of do whatever, it makes it kind of like, you can only really fight him in one way. Where it's like, we got to pull him into the real world and kill him. Like, yeah. <laughs> after you get like, after you get like 10 movies, it's like, all right, just do yeah. another Looney Tunes-esque kill scene and I'll be happy. But like, that's not scary, you know? Whereas, like, the thing, like, they kind of go out of the way to establish, like, how it works. And, like, they give you enough of the characters that, like, you kind of get why they're paranoid of each other and why it's so good. Or, or like, even, you know, we talked about Aliens earlier. Yeah. Talking about the first one, you know, you get to spend so much time with these characters. But but also because you don't really know, in the first movie, at least, you don't really know how the xenomorph is. Like, it's, you discover it with the characters and it's, like, horrifying to them, so it's horrifying to you. Yeah. I will say, like, you know, Aliens is one of the ones, like, as they go on, like you kind of know more and more about how they work, and now it's like they're not nearly as scary, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, unless anyone's got anything else they want to touch on, um, I, I, I got All one right. more also. Um, the lesson I want to talk about is um, Gideon Falls from Image, also. I was kind of hoping you bring up Gideon Falls. <laughs> um, it's like it's hard to explain what it is, but it's it's like Twin Peaks-ish. Yes. Um, yes. But with um, time travel or dimensional travel, possibly. Oh, so kind Twin Peaks-ish. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's... there's It revolves around these five characters um, and this black barn that pretty much has is like a gateway to this evil entity. Again, another evil type of entity. I'm not sure who it is yet, like what it is or what it is, because like right now, the issue I'm 
I'm I'm caught up, but like still like five issues. Well, so I can't say I'm caught up. Well, Gideon Falls on the still, last. Um, it's still ongoing, right? As of this, as of speaking. Yeah, there's only a couple issues left. Issue 27 yeah. or 28 is the last one. There's only a couple issues left. Yeah, but um, um, it's it's just really strange, and like the the artist really makes it the series pop, and also it's kind of talking about it. You know, earlier this comic is going to be a TV show. Oh yeah, um, it seems it seems ripe for I'm that. Not sure. Yeah, it's it's the right kind of weird and crazy and like it's not overly gory or bloody, but it has it's like psychological horror and the weirdness of like trying to figure out like what's real, what's fake, and what's actually going on in, in this world. Um, yeah, it, really is, like it. it is one of those uh, things I know that's hard to discuss without spoiling things. Yeah, um, but that's but kind I, of it. It's it's about the black barns evil thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to bring it up because you know, uh, Paul, you you know Becca, so uh, actually, I do. You, all, you all do, but um, <laughs> you know, she doesn't really like horror stuff. But this is one of the books that I know she also is reading. So I was like, oh, maybe it's good. It uh, I just I just mm-hmm. haven't gotten around to doing it. I think once it's done, I'll do what I did with Lock and Key. Once it's done, I'll just sit down and read the whole thing. Um, because that's how I, I did that. I I find I prefer my comics when I can just kind of read them all. Uh, at once, which is why I like trade paperbacks for a lot of things. Um, but you know, Game Fall seems really, really cool. And again, that's a, that's another image, an image book right now. Uh, Don, you got one? Um, yeah, actually, it was one that Greg recommended for me. I didn't even know about it until he told me. Uh, Leave the light on, which is uh, that after reading, I didn't read the newest one, but because they're only up to three right now, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, but that first issue left me like just like wow because it's it has to deal with a basically a it's like a serial killer and um just the stuff that goes on in it without ruining anything it just really messes with your head so it's not just your typical oh hack and slash type horror comic it actually kind of gets to you a little bit and i'm just like wow that's messed when i got done reading it i was like that's pretty messed up <laughs> you know and uh gotcha. and i mean like i said greg recommended that one and it's actually really good i just wish they had more than just the three right now <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's one of the things that stinks sometimes about you know monthly comics is you got to wait that month mm-hmm. or yeah. longer yeah sometimes yeah. longer <laughs> uh yeah some some books are painful like that <laughs> i feel bad for the people still waiting for saga to be done there like multiple year-long hiatus now it's supposed to be one year and that became like two or three years. we're over two now um yeah that stinks that's why i like when you know we're talking about things like, like are kind of over and ended i was like i kind of like that so i can be like hey you want to read this book like here's all you need and then you don't need to worry about anything else and it's done and you can you know enjoy it as is um but yeah i i, th- I think that does it for me i don't know unless you guys got any other books you want to I think we covered a good good amount. I think yeah, we cut a we cut a lot of different uh, flavors of horror there too. Um, yeah. I, I think there there's got to be something there for you if you if you're listening to this. If any of this sounds interesting, you know, just give us a call and uh, we'll make it happen for you. And there's a ton of stuff we did not cover. Um, we have a whole horror section right now. It's at the front of the store, but like, yeah, I've got a whole horror collection I keep on our our website year round, and I, I maintain it because there's always horror books coming out. And yeah, we even. We didn't even touch on the um, the, the, the Archie horror stuff. We didn't even touch on that. And that's a whole other yeah. thing, too. That's a whole, yeah. That's a whole and Red Sonia with Betty and Veronica. Yeah. Well, I think Greg's <laughs> talking about like uh, Jughead to Hunger and Vampironica and After Oh, that too. But uh, yeah, but that's also oh. Red Sonia. I forgot about that one. Red Sonia I forgot about that one, too. Um, <laughs> there's so there's so many books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, you know, hopefully, you know, if this was something you were interested, hopefully we got you a place to get started and um, welcome to the world of reading horror comics. Like I, some of the earliest stuff I read were of those Swamp Things and uh, Sandman when I started getting into comics for real. You know, when you're kids, like you pick them up every once in a while when you're at the grocery store or whatever, or like, you know, occasionally I would go to the comic book store as a treat and like, oh, I can pick out a couple of books. Um, but when, yeah. you know, I got a little bit older and became a teenager and I can kind of have more of my own agency in my life. So I started reading comic books more regularly uh, and I got a wizard magazine that was like the hundred best graphic novels. And I kind of used that as my guide. And that's how I discovered some of these books. And like, they've been some of my favorites of all time. Um, so hopefully, you know, 
maybe grabbing one of these will help you enjoy your Halloween season, even though this is episode is going up the day before Halloween. Um, <laughs> but you know, you can live this all year round. Um, I'm probably going to read Gideon Falls when that's done. I'm going to pick up the trades. I'm very I'm excited to check that out. Um, some of those Joe Hill books sound pretty awesome, actually. Oh, um, yeah, they're I'm, good. I'm definitely yeah. going to check out The Plunge and Daphne Byrne, at least. Um, those sound more, those sound up my alley. Basketball Head sounds like the right kind of weird, too. I'm pretty excited. Um, so that's going to do it for us this week. Um, I don't think we can – no, yeah, we did decide what we're doing for our next episode. We're going to talk about Harley Quinn. You know, so also continuing everything being horrifying. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, just kidding. I will get into it in the episode, but I'm not a particular fan, but uh, we have a couple of people who are huge fans and they want to convince me otherwise. Um, so uh, thank you, Mike. I want to thank my guests for coming out again and spending their uh, afternoon with me uh, talking, talking comic shop. Um, so till next time, be safe.